Um, this morning, we are excited to have Pastor Dave with us to encourage us and challenge us from the Word um, of God. As a reminder, each Sunday morning here in this very room, um, they're having services here at the McPherson Free Methodist Church. They have two services, one at 9 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall, where masks are required and there is no singing. Um, then they also have a 10.30 a.m. service in the sanctuary where you're um, sat right now, um, where masks are recommended, sure, and include singing. So I uh, just wanted, wanted to remind you guys of those um, few things before we get started this morning. If you would uh, bow your heads with me to open with a word of prayer. Father, we are so thankful for your goodness to us, your grace to us, and that you have extended your love towards us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Father, we are so thankful for that reality, that truth. Father, I just pray that you continue to solidify and tug at our hearts to remind us of these truths. We pray for Pastor Dave this morning as he comes to share your word. Father, that we'd be challenged and encouraged. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Pastor Dave, please. Hey. Um. Also want you to know, along with that announcement, uh, we have on Saturday night, we do a service at 6.30 that meets in the fellowship hall up there. It is a very relaxed, informal kind of, it's the kind of service where we interact with each other and ask questions and do some dialogue. It's just an informal kind of fun service. So don't forget that Saturday night is, um, is available also. Um, I'm like, I'm wrestling with, even in the introduction to encourage you, um, I'm wrestling with how to encourage right now when, to be honest with you, let's just do some honest talk here. I don't feel very encouraged. Um, like, I, like, I'm tired of it. Um, I'm sick to death of looking at people and not seeing their faces. I'm done. Um, I personally, I there are different personalities. Um, I personally like to grab somebody by the hand and shake their hand, and I like to hug somebody. I got to tell you, this, this is one of those things that I'm just really tired of. I'm tired of everybody always spread out all over the place, and so I'm at this place right now where I'm just flat out annoyed, and then I'm supposed to encourage you guys, you know? Um, so I'm landing on some stuff in the midst of my being annoyed and in the midst of my being frustrated. I'm landing on a question that is part of the DNA of who I am as a believer and who I am as a minister of the gospel. There is at the very core of me an overwhelming question that I constantly have to ask myself over and over and over again. What does following Jesus look like in this? That's the question. The question that I come across so many different times in my journey, in the midst of that, those times 
when I'm frustrated, when I'm annoyed, when I'm angry, when I'm brokenhearted, when I'm all of those other kinds of things, I stop and ask the question of myself, what does following Jesus look like in this right now? You know, the first time I asked the question, we were in Michigan, and we had a 13-year-old kid, one of, the, one of the most cool kids that, I mean, I had talked to him. I had talked to him just two Sundays before stood in the entryway of our church visiting with him. And I remember thinking, wow, this is a young man. This little 13-year-old kid is such a cool kid. And man, he loved Jesus and he was such a he was just such a neat. And we got the call that he went in the basement of his home and committed suicide. So I pulled our staff together after we found that out and they were all brokenhearted. And I looked at them and I asked the question, Staff, what does following Jesus look like in this? What do we do with that? I've had those doctor's appointments that people don't want to have, and I asked the question, what does is, what is following Jesus look like in this? And and doesn't have to just be negative things. Um, like we just had our daughter and son-in-law and my grandson visit for for a few days. It was so much fun, and we had so much fun together. And I asked the question during countless games of playing euchre with my son-in-law and my daughter, and what does following Jesus look like in this? And I think that's an overriding kind of question that is just part of the DNA of of what being a Christian is. So. One of the examples of that, I think where we see that in the Bible, and it's in Matthew's Gospel in the seventh chapter, this ends, this ends a whole series where Jesus is talking is what we know of as the Sermon on the Mount, and what Jesus is doing is, is kind of setting up this new norm. Um, since Jesus has come and there's a new kingdom, a different way of living, he's, he's basically setting up this is what new humanity looks like, and he talks about things like forgiveness, and he talks about things like patience and worry and just how to live as a believer. What does it look like to be in the kingdom? And so he does this teaching, this great series of teachings, which I don't think is, is designed to be something where you learn it and you memorize the whole thing and there you understand everything. That's not what it was about. What it was, what it was about is Jesus painting this new picture of, of what the kingdom could look like. And it includes these things, but includes so much more. What would happen if we just looked at humanity different? He gets done with all this teaching. 7th chapter, 24th verse. He says, everyone, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand, and when the rain came and the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, it fell with a great crash. There's this great summary statement of being built on the foundation. So I'm asking, 
I'm asking a question of in today, knowing right well that I'm talking to a group of ladies and gentlemen that um, are in different places in their understanding or even their desire or walk with God. I, like, I get that. But I'm asking the question, what is a Christian? What is a Jesus follower? I mean, what, what does it mean? And I got to tell you, it's getting more and more confusing. I mean, there are certainly people, famous people, that are attaching their, their selves to kind of Jesus and, and God. So is that what it looks like to be a Jesus follower? And there are politicians that are attaching themselves to Jesus and God. Is that what it looks like to be a Jesus follower? So I'm asking questions, friends. What does it look like to be a Jesus follower, and why would I? Why? So I start with this premise. God is holy. I start with this foundational truth that God is holy, and if God is holy, then I also have to come to the conclusion, whatever God is and whatever holy is, I'm not that. In and of myself, whatever God is, whatever that kind of holiness is, I'm not that. There's this big gap between who God is and who I am. In my belief, I really believe, and I think the Bible teaches, that not only is God holy, he is relational. Now, some people believe that, yeah, there's a God, there's a higher power, but he's out there somewhere, and he's not really engaged. He's somebody that kind of wound up the clock and just let it run. And some people really believe, yes, there is a God, but he's out there somewhere and he doesn't really care about my life. And I, I'm living with foundation of, I believe that God is holy, but I also believe that God is personal. So how does a personal God relate to somebody? If he's holy, how does a personal God relate to somebody that obviously isn't? And that's where Jesus comes in. It's not about a list of rules. And it's not about checking off this thing, this list of things that you have to do and things that you're not allowed to do. That's not what faith in, in Jesus is about. Faith in Jesus is about identifying with a person that is relational. And, and since he is relational, if I am in relationship with God, that means that somehow since God is relational, that impacts my relationships with others. Because God is relational. So I'm starting, starting with foundation that God is holy, I'm not. And, and it's only through Jesus that I am able to be in relationship with God. So I place faith in Jesus not because of the things that he does for me. I place faith in Jesus because of who he is. And then when I go through sitting in a doctor's office and he tells me, you have MS. When that storm comes and that wind blows, I'm on something that is relational. I'm on a foundation that is a relationship. It's not a set of doctrines that I believe. It is a, a relationship. When a doctor 
when a doctor looks at me and tells me, you know, with, and this was, friends, this was like way before any of you were born. I'm talking 1988, the doctor looked at me and said, within 10 years, over half of the people with your condition will be in a wheelchair. So what do you do when the winds blow that hard? What do you do when the rain falls that hard? What is your foundation on? A lot of you are athletes and sports people, and I get that, and I admire that, and I think that, and I so admire the talent that so many people have and the dedication that you have. But my question to us is, let's be honest, athletes. We know right well that you are one injury away from not being able to do what you love to do so much. What is the foundation that you're built on? Is it relational or is it just an activity or an event? I mean, what is, it the, what is that foundation that you're built on? I'm not done having doctor's appointments. As a matter of fact, I just had to get a whole new doctor. I have a primary care doctor, and I have a neurologist, and I have a urologist, and I have a nephrologist. I didn't even know what a nephrologist was. And they told me I had to go to a nephrologist, and they take care of kidneys. So I, like, I got doctors. What am I built on? What does following Jesus look like in this? The point is there's relationship that pulls me in that is solid. So that when that stuff happens, I can come back to the fact that God is holy. I am not, but because of my relationship with Jesus, God's Son I can weather the storm. There is a foundation. I've tested this through my life. And I've faced storms in my own strength and seen terrible results, and I've faced storms in Jesus. And i got to be real honest right now with the stuff that I'm going through in, even in this room and as a pastor of a church, I have no idea who's part of my church and who isn't anymore. I don't even know what's going on. I, I don't have any of those points that I'm used to anchoring. So what does following Jesus look like in this? I come to First um, John, the second chapter in the sixth verse, and this is something I'd love to just leave you guys with. I would love to have you asking some questions um, and let this be just even a, a point of discussion. I don't have a big, a big long, drawn-out point to land with this. I really want to land this uh, in your spirits just to think about and talk about, even if you're a person that isn't in relationship with Jesus. Let's just look at what the Word says. Whoever claims to live in Him must live as Jesus did. Talk about that a little bit. Look at the reality of a statement that's just a single verse that is part of a book, that is part of a Bible. I mean, it's only one verse. But there's a lot of people making a lot of claims right now. And I'm planting something in your spirit. Just asking a question. 
What does it look like to live as Jesus did? What does that mean to us? What does that mean to you? And there are some of you here that um, have probably had encounters with church people that was not positive at all. Because um, there are people that claim to know Jesus that don't treat other people like Jesus would treat people. And I'm sorry that that happens. I found out that somebody at a church that I was at, there was uh, one of my church members that um, bumped into somebody that was a service person that came to do service at the church. And they treated them very poorly. Um, it included colorful language and everything. And I found that out, and I called that company up, and I got hold of that person that made the call, and I said, can I say something as just a pastor of the church? That person does not represent this church, and I don't know where you are with God. That person did not represent Jesus, and I'm sorry that that happened. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that there are people that claim Jesus, but they don't live that. Because there's a lot of people that have this have this desire to appear religious, but they refuse to really live like Jesus lived and loved like Jesus loved. Asking the question, how do you apply that? So he told this, this little parable about um, his teaching, and it's this foundation that we can build our life on, that when the storms come and when the garbage happens, and somehow you, you thrive instead of fall apart. Um, and then he exampled it, because Jesus went through lots of storms and rains and high winds to the point of costing his life. So I encourage us, I guess my encouragement this morning to myself and to you is keep looking for Jesus. Keep looking for something that is more real, something that is solid that you can build your life on, that no matter what happens, he will be there. Keep, keep looking for Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this group of people that are gathered here. And I know they represent a lot of different positions. There are some that are walking with you and are so excited about their journey with you. There are some that are somewhere in between that are somehow investigating or trying. Or, and there are those that just flat out don't believe. And I want to thank you for your love for all and your desire to draw all of them in. Lord, we're all in the midst of chaos in so many different ways right now. And I would pray that you would be very close and very real. There might be those even now that are, that are so hungry for something solid and stable. Lord Jesus, I recognize that I need something more than what I have. 
I confess to you that I desperately need you. Would you be my, would you be my rock that I can build my life on? Hmm. Lord, I thank you for each life that is here. I ask that you would send us from this place with our minds and our hearts focused on Jesus. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. If you would like to talk or pray, I would love to talk or pray with you. Ask yourself some questions about what, how Jesus lived.